0: And fulfillment. Let's get started with Soul Talk. Welcome, folks. Welcome back to another very special episode of the Soul. Talk podcast. As you know, my intention each week is to bring you soulful wisdom from all perspectives and all walks of life. And it's been a joy bringing on some truly special and amazing souls that I deeply respect from all around the world. Today is uh, one of those times, again, where I'm deeply honored, privileged, and excited to introduce you to my guest today. I first read uh, his book, Joyful Wisdom. Uh, a little while back and joy of living and was deeply touched. I had first heard of him uh, about this uh, Tibetan monk who had walked out of his monastery in Bodgaya and literally in 2011 and literally began one, a wandering retreat through the Himalayas. And I thought, who does that? I would love to meet this amazing individual. So I'm very excited to introduce you to Mingyur Rinpoche, um, an esteemed Tibetan monk who's going to inspire us today uh, bringing and presenting ancient wisdom of Tibet in a fresh and practical way. Mingyur Rinpoche, thank you for being a part of Soul Talk. Welcome. It's really great to have you on. I've been really excited to get the chance to connect with you. Uh, I have so many questions for you, especially based on some of these unique times we're living in. But just for those listening in, I, I'm really curious if you would just take a moment to share just a minute or two about your background in that like how how did you become a monk? How did you become a spiritual teacher? Like it's not a typical path. It's not a traditional path, so to speak. And I know you started very young. A lot of people get into spirituality and become serious in their forties and fifties and sixties. And I know from a very young age, you were drawn to a life of meditation and contemplation and how does that start? Did you always know? Was it there from the beginning? Just just share a little bit about that for me. I'm really yes. curious.
1: Yeah, actually, I had panic attacks when I was seven, eight years old. Mm. Then I was looking for a solution uh, in the Himalaya mountain. So sometimes I hike uh, mm. top of the mountain, panic follow me up there. Sometimes I go deep into the valley panic followed me down there. Then, one day, I talked to my mom about my panic, and she said, you should learn meditation from your father. Because my father was a great meditation teacher. His name is duhu po Rinpoche. So then, I began to learn meditation from my father when I was uh, uh, nine years old. Mm-hmm. So the, my, yeah, the, my whole intention is try to get rid of my panic i'm fighting with my panic so the first when i learned meditation from my father my father said don't try to get rid of panic just welcome panic and then uh, focus on the awareness awareness with my breath i did that but then i don't like the uh, practice of meditation i like the idea of meditation but i'm very lazy you know <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> like most of us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> on and off, on and off. So uh-huh. then, when I was um, 11 years old, so actually, in the Tibetan tradition, what we call like reincarnation uh, system that some, one, some of the high, which um, uh, is they, they recognized me as the seventh reincarnation of the long So then I went to India. Mm. place called Shirabling Monastery. So there I met my good guru, Daisuturambuche. So then, I continued to learn meditation, but still it's on and off. Mm. So then, I really want to join three-year retreat. We have traditional three-year retreat. Wow. So then, so 13 years ago, I went to three-year retreat. The first year of my retreat, my panic stronger. Mm. So then I have almost three years to go so that I really, I have no idea. Then I really want to learn how to live with my panic. So then after that, my panic become my kind of like teacher and support for my meditation. I learned a lot about my panic.
0: Yes. Mm. And so the three-year retreat, is this, is this in isolation? Is this in silence or this is just mainly in ret- – I mean, for, for – you said a 13 you, – you, you were 13 when you went into this yes, retreat? Yeah, I, was, that, that I is was 13 years old. So, I mean, that is so young. I mean, did you want to do this? Was it natural? Did you feel like you were making a sacrifice? I mean, most 13-year-olds are thinking of playing soccer and, you know, having fun, eating candy, and 13 yeah. – like – how? I mean, what did you, I'm curious, what did you deal?
1: Actually, hey. it's, uh, yes, Actually, mm-hmm. it's because of my panic. So, uh, I'm very lazy. It's kind of like, uh, I cannot practice meditation for a while. So, I thought, retreat, wow. I have really mm-hmm. dreamed about retreat. You know, I heard a lot, lot of story from my mom, from my father. So, that I really want to do this retreat. Actually, I, special request to join this retreat. Wow. But then, when I'm in a retreat, it's not the same as what I expected. You
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't quite the and, dream.
1: <clears throat> yeah, it's not like dream. So now my panic become very strong. Ah. Actually, 15 of us, we are together. It's not silent. We do sessions, yes. but then we talk together, we eat together.
0: Mm. So
1: then what I did is, my, my meditation teacher said,
0: Use your panic as support for meditation. So then actually, could I you really... Could, could, could you repeat yes. that? Could you repeat that? Use your panic as what? That was very powerful. Support for my meditation. As a support use for your meditation. Can you explain that? How do you use your yeah. panic as a support for your meditation?
1: So the first, um, first step is we need to focus. We need to use our breath as support for meditation. So we just mm-hmm. observe the breath. And Mm. then whatever breath is okay. And while we are absorbing breath, whatever thought, emotions, the panic or depression or worry or to-do list or excitement, whatever, let them come, let them go. Don't try to block them. Mm. If you try to block them, then they become worse. Like don't think about pizza. We will think more about the pizza. Mm. Let them just come. But Mm. then at the same time, try to remember the breath. So don't kind of like uh, lost into those thoughts, just remember the breath. If you remember breath, at the same time, if you see pizza, if you see thought, if you feel this different type of emotion, let it be. It's okay, if you, as long as if you not forget your breath. So this is the first training, first step. Mm. At least we have to do this about a few weeks, maybe a month, mm. then eventually, you can watch the panic. So panic is the sensation in the body. There's a lot of sensation from the skull and go to the heart and mm-hmm. the body. You feel like you cannot breathe and your heart is become like speed up, yes. you sweat. So just watch all these sensations. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when you watch, how you watch, just like watching the breath, something. When you do that, then what happened? So there are two experiences. One, some people panic disappear. For some people, panic not disappear. If panic is not disappear, then panic becomes support for your meditation. Then what we call, it's like when you see the river, you're out of river. Mm. You, you don't need to block the river.
0: Mm. Mm. Got it. So you don't, you don't resist it. You embrace yes. it. What if yes. someone, you know, look, we, we, as you know, we're going through some, you know, unique, intense times. I think there is a lot of fear, anxiety, and panic that a lot of people are with right now with COVID-19 and stressing about their jobs and what's going to happen and, you know, their health, care of their families. And so, okay, I'm hearing you say, so okay, we, we can observe the, the, the panic arise. But what if yes. someone says, okay your I'm observing the panic, but I'm still, the rea- I'm faced with the reality. I have three children and how do I still, okay, I'm observing my breath, but I'm still afraid for how I'm going to take care of my children or my, my elderly parents. Or, or, and, and so I'm observing the panic, but the fear is still here. So how would yes. and, and it seems to be growing when I'm, when I'm observing it you know because I feel like I'm focusing on it so what then right. if someone is facing let's say they, they still have a situation that doesn't seem to go away even though they're observing the panic guide us about that
1: yeah yeah yes of course the suffering is true what we call mm. the, the first teaching of the Buddha said the life is suffering so it's up and down of course now we are having this uh, really big pandemic like global crisis and the whatever the um the situation we are facing the suffering the problem is true of course mm. but what we call is um, when we are having this problem what we need to do is we everybody has um, the kind of skills awareness wisdom mm. Um, capacity, so many things within us. But sometimes, if you are lost into the panic, if you are lost into the fear, then that is the big, the big problem. So sometimes, like when I was saying, my father said, if you're going to somewhere and you, if you reach the dead end, there's a huge wall in front of you. What do you. First, what you have to do, take out your backpack and throw, throw over the other side. Once mm. your backpack the other side, you will cross the wall. Not yes. the direct way. Mm. There is a which and ways. So there's a lot of possibility. We have, actually we humans, we have great capacity. Mm. So what we call, accept it, let it go, but don't give up. Letting go is not up, giving up. Continue look for solution. Continue to solve the problem. But then also ask questions. Mm. Whether do I find solution, whether do I have solution. If you have solution, if you know solution, then you don't have to worry too much. If you cannot find solution right now, if you cannot really uh, know solution, then worry, too much worry is not benefit also. Mm. So at the same time, you have to accept it, let it be. But let it be is not giving up. So this is very important from the belief point view. Yes. So what we call this view. And second thing for the meditation, what we call there's four steps. Mm. So when we watch a panic, of course, at the beginning, especially if you have very intensive panic, at the beginning, it becomes worse, stronger. So first you watch, but then if the panic becomes stronger, and the second step is what we could try something different. Don't mm. watch the panic. You go back to the breath. So mm. focus on the breath. Or listen to the sound what we call sound meditation, any sound, just listen, just hear the sound, just hear the sound. So this is what we call try something different. Then you feel a little bit calm, go back to the panic. Sometimes panic disappears right away. Sometimes panic is there. Sometimes it looks like panic is stronger. But still mm-hmm. panic becomes stronger. And the number third step is what we call step back. Step back meaning there's a of panic. There's a panic of panic. There's a dislike of panic. So when I was young, the most problem is the panic of panic, the fear of panic. Mm. So I have this panic of panic. So then look at that, that panic of panic. Not the panic, but the motivation, the Mm. fear of panic. So Mm. there's a step back. Mm. Then last is what we call take a break. So take a break meaning even you do that if you feel tired, sometimes you feel exhausted, tired. Don't meditate. Just just stop. Do physical exercise really important. Mm. Or do something else. But we need these four steps with the meditation. Mm,
0: beautiful. So there's the breathing and then trying something different. And then once we go back to the panic, there's the taking a step back and taking yes. a break. So taking a break yeah. is when you're saying, you're actually advising people not to meditate. That's the opportunity to... Go exercise, or just just kind of breathe, like like, like have a rest for a moment. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. That's that's really, that's, that's uh,
1: really uh, drink water.
0: That's interesting. So you you mentioned the word suffering, and I really, I really want you to to clarify for us is, okay, suffering is the nature of yes. life, and I've I've always wondered, is, is suffering necessary? Uh, Ponche, is it necessary for us as humans? I mean, is it is it a requirement? Do we have to suffer? Is there another way for us to evolve and grow that that doesn't mean we have to suffer? And and I guess as a, as a part of that question, you can consider is as we're going through you know the, this this pandemic on the planet, lots of people are suffering. Right. Why? Why? why from your perspective do these things happen? You know, is is like, what is the purpose of these kind of events that seem to make people suffer on the planet? Is is there a purpose for it? Why? You know, some people will ask, why does, why, why why does God or what, what, why does the universe allow such events to happen to people? And so guide us there. Is suffering necessary? And why are we going through what we're going through right now on the planet?
1: Right. So normally, what we call is, we all have this basic innate goodness. So, fundamental level, uh, we all have this wonderful nature. Ah. Sometimes what we call the nature of, the pure nature of all beings, or the original purity. So, Mm, that is the, Mm. yes, yes, that is our true nature. So, but, we are not recognize our innate qualities. So sometimes, what we call, if we have 10 qualities, nine of them are positive, one is negative. Normally what we see is only that one negative one. And then we exaggerate and we Mm. deny or we don't see these nine good qualities within us. Mm. So therefore, there's a lot of what we call self-created suffering. So suffering has two things. One is the natural suffering. So natural suffering is like getting old, sick, mm. die. These are like natural. So we just accept it. But self-created suffering, like if you are getting old or sick, die, there's a fear of that. So like if you are getting old, getting old is okay. But then fear of getting old is the worst than getting old. So this self created created suffering is created by our mind, so we can walk with that, we can free that. So we can transform this, we can transform this into awareness, we can transform this into love and compassion, we can transform this into wisdom. So normally there's three ways to transform. So I wrote this in my the last book, In Love with the World. So there's a lot of how to, trans, how to transform, there's a lot of transformation about this mm. so actually of course suffering is only the service level and we don't need to necessarily to suffer mm-hmm. always but it's a uh, suffering or not The basically is how you look at it still suffering is still the mental level
0: yes you said there were three ways to transform i'm curious if, yes. you, could, if you could share those three ways to transform the the, the suffering in the mind the suffering that we go through. Yeah. What, what are the three ways?
1: Yes. So the, my last book called In Love with the World. So I went kind of like wandering retreat. So I faced a lot of problem, physical problem. I almost died because of the food. The, mm. I think food poison. So there's a, normally what we call the practice of the... I just a little bit mentioned about how to use panic as support for awareness, isn't it? So yes. of course, first we have to, the first step is the breathing meditation or sound meditation. And second step is the sensation in the body. When mm. this panic comes, we use that as support for meditation. So number three, sorry, number two, that is how to transform the panic into awareness. So number two, we can transform into love and compassion also, the hmm. panic. So normally what we call, we have this basic innate goodness. Our true nature is wonderful. So when we look at the deeper level into the panic, there is love, there is compassion. So love hmm. is looking for happiness, looking for something good, nice. Compassion is wanting to free from problem, suffering. So that is the fundamental la- level nature of the panic. Mm. So when we try to find this feeling within the panic, panic is only the service level. Mm. And eventually panic will transform into love and compassion. Mm. And then there's a wisdom. Wisdom is the awareness. So what we call everybody has awareness. Awareness is meaning knowing. The consciousness and that awareness is like sky, and the panic is like cloud. Mm. The panic is not our true nature. So, no matter how much the cloud is like jumping and moving, maybe cloud uh, become like storm or again, mm. but the sky is free, you cannot really, uh, cloud cannot change the nature of the sky. So the mm. sky itself is the awareness. Awareness meaning that we have mm. this con- consciousness, the, the knowing quality. Mm. So there's a third practice, is transforming into risk.
0: Got it. What if someone is, is facing, uh, maybe someone listening in, uh, is, is dealing with, let's say, an addiction? you know, or, or impulse, right? Maybe like, what, but I, 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 feel this compelling impulse to like uncontrollable thing to drink alcohol or they have a sex addiction or a gambling addiction or the cookies, you know, the ice cream, I can't stop myself. You know I mean? What, what is, is it? This, how, how does someone work with that? Especially, I think a lot of people now who are at home, forced to stay at home, this sort of global lockdown. Uh, I hear a lot of people going stir crazy inside. And, and I think many times when we're under stress, we reach out in compulsive behaviors, whether it's emotional eating. And so uh, talk to me a bit about dealing with sort of the addictive behaviors, impulses, so that we don't just indulge or collapse into certain Cycles or patterns. I know some of these principles might apply, but if we could maybe be specific there.
1: Yeah, yeah. So normally, what we call view, meditation, then application. So view is our belief Mm. that I mentioned Mm -hmm. before, and the meditation is the the awareness, compassion, wisdom. These are meditation. Then number three is the application. So application is connected with our habit. Mm. The habitual tendency, which is impulsive and maybe addiction, all are there. But for example, uh, like uh, the alcohol, people never addiction yes. to the alcohol. So the actually the feeling, the wanting to drink, that is mm. the sensation stays in the body. So if you bring awareness. If the moment of the urge, moment of the craving, wanting to drink that alcohol, you watch that feeling. The mm. feeling of craving. That really helps, actually. Sometimes at the beginning becomes worse, look like worse, but at the beginning, look like it becomes worse, it's a good sign. So then mm. you do the like try something different, step back, take a break that I mentioned before, just four steps, you can continue to try that, that one. So then, if we are not bring awareness to our feeling, the urge, and then the desire in our mind, just try to control behavior level, is more difficult. Of course, you can control from the behavior level, from the application level. Of course, you try to manage your time, environment, all this is really helpful but then also work with the the craving try to bring awareness to the craving mm. and that craving becomes support for the meditation that really helps to kind of like um, heal the addiction
0: mm. got it I think a lot of what we we deal with also as human beings is this craving but also you know uh we have so many attachments, you know, uh, attachments to our friends, uh, external validation, our family, how people perceive us, you know, money, uh, fame, fortune. And so when I first heard about you, I heard about this this, this monk who left this monastery and went wandering for four years. I I was so inspired actually, and, and fascinated. And I would love to know, Number one, why? Because many times when a lot of people, you know, they achieve a certain level of, you know, success in the world, or, you know, they build some structure, you know, the tendency, I think, is to preserve it. And here you are, you just left everything and went wondering. It's so the opposite of kind of what we're taught to do in our culture. And uh, so I'm curious, like, what that impulse was for you, why, and just how you were able to not get attached to what had grown around you or built around you as an author, as a teacher, with students and, you know, centers. And, and so how can we also, as, human, as regular people in life, not get attached to our creations, you know, our success, the structures I, in the world. So please guide us there. I'm curious about your story and your advice for us.
1: Yeah, thank you. So when I was young, my mother used to uh, read the book about the uh, uh, great meditators in the mountains. Mm-hmm. So they are really wandering without any uh, possessions, freely, Going here, there in the mountain. So I have this real fantasy about Hmm. those meditation masters' life, you know. Hmm. So then I learned meditation, I finished my retreat, and then also I did a lot of study. Then I began to teach meditation uh, many places around the world. So I wrote the book. Uh, it, It is a uh, benefit for many people and ev- ev- eventually become like best and I have many students and become the abbot of the uh, big t- t- monasteries mm. so now I have new ego emerge oh.
0: kind of
1: like oh yeah now I'm such like this I'm the abbot I'm the teacher I'm the author so then I really want to follow the The great meditators like that kind of lifestyle. So I was thinking about that for many years. Hmm. In 2011, finally I decided to leave my monastery and I went to wandering retreat. So that was the one of the best, like life, best experience in my life.
0: Mm. And so uh, as, as, as let's say, lay people, regular people, you know, who are, we're working with jobs and families and businesses, how can we, how, I guess, is there a way to, to, how can we be vigilant to not get attached to our egos, to not, you know, cause you're, you're, you're even saying, well, you saw maybe a little bit of ego emerge and, 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 you know, here you are <laughs> this teacher the, the, teaching people about meditation. So if I'm just imagining, if you're noticing a little bit of that, perhaps then the regular person obviously is going to be dealing with that. And so how, can, how do we prevent, uh, minimize uh, uh, right. the, the ego sort of growth inside of us? Is there yeah. anything we can do to, to, so that we can still live in the world? be, you know, be successful, but not get attached because it's so sneaky, you know?
1: Right, right. Yeah, so normally what we call uh, let go of ego, let of attachment, it doesn't mean that you have to do like me, like wandering
0: uh-huh. like,
1: meditation style. Um, yes. So that, I mean, the, I'm not uh, recommend for everybody, but... In our life, we have a lot of problems. So uh-huh. we have um, what we call, when we are having obstacles, problems, these are the one of the best moments that we can mm-hmm. really learn, we can really transform, we can really grow. So what we call in, in Tibetan called parto. Right. parto. means the intermediate in between moment, a transition moment, so intermediate moment. So these up and down moments in our life, what we call parto. Mm. So with this moment is a really great opportunity. Like, for example, when you are become 18 years old, you have to leave your home. So then there's a great opportunity, something completely different. It's out of your comfort zone, you know? And when you look for a new job, or when you are, you know, start relationship with the new relationship, or you break, break up, or right now we are having this pandemic, in, around the world. So this is also a great opportunity for us to learn, to grow, to transform. Mm. Of course, we try to let it go, but let it go is not giving up. Yes. So there are so many things that in our life that we can. If we're willing to learn, if we're willing to grow from that, if we're willing to learn how to work with that, these moments are actually really uh, precious. So, of course, not everybody needs to give up everything and go into the uh, mountain and cave, not necessary. but there's many, many moments in our life that we can plenty to work with it and can transform.
0: Mm, so we can you can use these moments of, of adversity to to yes. keep growing and evolving. I know a lot of people yes. are, are 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 thinking about at least to a degree. You know, right now uh, this topic of death and you know as faced with coronavirus. You know, even though right. there are some people that are dying, but but uh, I, you know, obviously a lot of people are also recovering. But but I think it's brought to people's minds the reality that was always there all along is just maybe a a little more in people's faces right now, this idea of, of death. And, and so how, how does someone deal with, with this reality of death? How can we, how do we make peace with it? How can you guide us to make peace with the inevitability of death so that we can, Live much more, you could say, freely and at peace.
1: Right. So, in Tibetan meditation tradition, we have very uh, extensive practice about the death and dying. Oh. So, there's also called Bardo. So, I wrote this in my last book, the In Love with the World, mm. because the beginning of my wandering retreat, I almost died because of. Food poisoning. Oh wow! So, because there's no not so much money, I a few thousand Indian rupees. There's equivalent for a few hundred rupees, a uh, few hundred US dollar.
0: dollars. Dollars. Mm.
1: And then after three weeks later, it's all gone. So hmm. I have to beg the food. So I'm there alone in the street. Wow. And I never beg food in my life. So I begin to beg food and uh, very nervous, shy. But then uh, people gave me some food and I ate. That and then I have this um, diarrhea, vomiting, mm. and um, giant, uh, pain. So after five days later, my body is kind of like decaying. I cannot really move. Mm. The only thing that I can drink is the well pump, pump water, pumping Mm. well. Then eventually I cannot drink that water. So, then I thought I'm going to die. Mm. So then we have this practice about first what we call four steps of practice. The first is that kind of like letting go. So normally we have very strong attachment in our life. so. That will let you go. And so whatever, if you have spiritual practice, you can do kind of like, uh, like dedicate your uh, virtue, your happiness, your whatever merit, you can dedicate, can dedicate mm-hmm. for world peace. Mm. And then next is the um, appreciation. That whatever life that you have, so all these happy memories, uh, whatever virtue you did, uh, social work, you think about it. You,
0: know, remember mm. about it
1: and you appreciate, thank your life, appreciate the
0: gratitude. Gratitude for life, yes.
1: Yes, mm. gratitude for your life. This is really important. And then next is the, um, you can pray. You can pray to whatever, if you have spiritual uh, practice, you can do whatever the pray, or whatever spiritual tradition. If you don't have that particular, then you just meditate. So what we call, even when we are feeling like body, everything decaying, but the awareness, if we continue to be with a sense of that awareness, we can watch breath also. How, watch breath, how it dissolves, or well, just let it be. So eventually, the what we call awareness becomes more clear as this conceptual mind dissolves, as this physical body dissolves. So I had that experience: awareness, mm.
0: very
1: clear, very peaceful. So then, rest in the awareness continually, and you die peacefully. So this is mm. the, the dying meditation.
0: Wow. Did you, did you feel, did you experience, when you were going through this moment and on your wandering retreat, was there fear when your body started to decay? Yes. So you did feel fear. There was some sensation of that.
1: Yes, uh, there's a falling, there's a there's, uh, burning, uh, then there's a become, so what we call four element dissolution falling like blowing and then become dark and then all these are there but awareness is still there present
0: uh, awareness mm.
1: awareness becomes more clear more clear in the end everything dissolves my mm. I think my body becomes paralyzed <clears throat> at that time I cannot see anything I cannot hear anything awareness so vivid. So I rest with that awareness. I think about six or seven hours. Wow. But then I didn't die, you know. I come back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You survived. survived. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) That's amazing. That's powerful. So awareness. So even though these changes are happening to the body, there's still a deeper sense of awareness. and And just imagining how powerful it is to be able to survive and live and 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 you know have a deeper access to that awareness. I you know. Uh, Mingyu uh this conversation yes. is very enlightening. I just have like one more quick question for you, and one wrap-up kind of thing I would like to do. But while I have you here, I'm really curious about your thoughts on destiny and karma, and and how how much of it because you know people are going through some things right now, and some people say, oh, it's just your karma, it's just your destiny, it's just what you're going through, you just have to right. deal with it. And so, from your perspective you know, how much of our life is destined? It's just predestined. It's just your karma. How much are we in control of our lives? Because I think a lot of people are feeling somewhat out of control right now. Uh, And even before COVID-19, maybe a lot of people were feeling like they weren't in control. So how much of our lives is, is predestined or just we are just living the karmic sort of consequences of our life that we don't have control over and how much can we actually change?
1: Yeah, so what we believe is uh, we all have, as I mentioned before, we all have this wonderful nature, the basic mm. in it. So mm. that is like sky. So the basic in it, goodness has three qualities awareness, love, and compassion, and wisdom. So that's our, our fundamental nature. So that, <clears throat> our fundamental nature is beyond karma. So karma Mm. is just like cloud in the sky. Mm. So the cloud is just temporary. It comes and goes, comes, goes. It's not the part of the nature of the sky. The nature of sky is beyond cloud. Mm. But the problem for us, what we call it is ignorant. We are not recognized Mm. that our nature is like sky. It's free. So mm. From the ignorant, then we create this karmic forces. So, karma is actually a mental state, it uh-huh. is a, what we call it. Uh, the technical level is the volition, volition meaning the mind moving on the object. So, that's the monkey mind. So, that mind influences our body and speech, and then that can. Interact with environment and then the situation. Then there's a karmic result. May have many, many various different ways. But still karma is in our hand. Who create karma, we create karma. So we can change karma, of course. But we can change karma only in the future. We cannot mm. change right now when you are facing the, 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 the result. is <coughs> happening right now from the past karma. Not easy to change. It's very difficult to change. But of course, you can change for the future karma. Future karma is in your hand. So the law of causality, the karma is uh, related to the law of causality. It's like when you plant the seed, for the seed, the flower, let's say, uh, you want to plant the tomato. So you put tomato seed, then the soil, water, sunlight, oxygen, and the timing, fertilizer, no obstacle, everything, whatever necessary together, then you will have tomato for sure. Mm, mm. But then, if you don't have the cause and the condition, no seed or no soil or no oxygen, then you will not have tomato. Mm. And if you plant the seed of tomato, result of tomato, you will not have potato. You plant <laughs> seed of tomato and result of potato. Also, mm. impossible. So, this is the law of causality. But then, all is begin by the mind. Mm. It uh, depends on your mind. Yes.
0: Mm. Got it. Got it. So, the actions we take now, we can change our karma, of future. So, we're not just, yes. uh, look, our entire life, in your, from your philosophy, isn't just some predestined thing that we have a fate that we can't change. What we do now and put into action now is going to be a seed Change. that affects it, changes our future. So there is a power that we yeah. have. There is a level of control that we, we by yes. taking actions today. That's beautiful. Yes. Yes. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Folks, as you're listening to this amazing, uh, enlightening conversation uh, with Minguru Rumche, I hope you are digesting and reflecting on your lives and thinking of what actions during this time that you can take in this month to love to serve to reflect to make changes for your future I think during this time the universe is giving us a pause I think the universe uh, as Mingi Rinpoche is saying and alluding to, is, is, is almost giving us a time to a opportunity to go into a global meditation retreat right now to reflect and connect more deeply with our true fundamental nature, which is beyond karma. Uh, Mingi Rinpoche, you said so much today and uh, it's been beautiful and enlightening and inspiring and, and I think uh, giving us all a lot of courage Uh, I'd I'd like for you just finally to distill, if you were, you know, you've said a lot, so some might overlap, but if you were to kind of send us home and distill your wisdom today, if you look at your life and what you've lived and everything you've learned in your life, your wandering retreats, your teaching as a teacher from your teachers, if there were, let's say, three of the most important things, the wisdoms that you feel would be, if these were the only things you could pass on to the next generation that you feel would evolve the next generation the most, uh, three things that you could say as, here's the most important things, folks, that you need to know to evolve in this lifetime, what what would these three wisdoms be that you could leave us with?
1: Right. So for me, is the first important thing is to believe our true nature. Mm. So, we all are amazing. We have this great capacity. We all have wisdom, awareness, compassion, skills, potential. So, really, really amazing. So, to believe our true nature, I think this is the first important. The first, thing yes, that really help tell me. Like our true nature is like sky. Whatever we are facing, of course, there's a lot of up <clears throat> and down moment of life. Mm-hmm. It's like uh cloud. Mm. and second for me the important is uh, what I call letting go but don't give up
0: yes so
1: let it go is very important so whatever happened in our life now we are facing this uh, big problem Mm. global wise so Mm. accept it and do not uh, ignore uh, ignore that Mm. but at the same time don't give up continue to learn Grow and serve others uh, and protect take care about yourself. All these are really important. The second thing is. Mm. And the third thing for me is the meditation for my life. The meditation about the awareness, meditation about the love and compassion, meditation about wisdom. The three for me is really important. That really gives me like energy. Like for me, what I'm saying is the, the fuel of the life. So that has become really uh, given me great inspiration and
0: great happiness. Mm. Believing our true nature. I love that. Letting go, but not giving up. Folks, if you thought letting go was giving up, think again. Let go, but don't give up. Meditation for life. Uh, wow. Mingi Ponche, this has been, uh, again, such a beautiful conversation. And I just, I just want to thank you. You know, you've read your books of inspired me over the years. It's such an honor, pleasure, privilege to, to just be able to have the conversation with you. And I would love for people to be able to find out about more about you and your work. Uh, we'll obviously put your website in, in the show notes. Is there, is there a a best website or way people can find you online? I know you're on social media, Facebook, Instagram, but is there a best website you can share with us?
1: Yes. Uh, I have, many of them but I'm not managing yes. many of them my, my students and they're doing but I think the main website is tergar.org so
0: Ter- in that tergar.org tergar that's r.org yes and we'll put that in the yeah. show notes folks so you're, as you were saying that's in that website
1: yes and then in that website I have this uh, meditation class like uh, awareness compassion wisdom Mm. Class that step by step with the practical levels. So if you want to join, welcome
0: those. Mm. Amazing, amazing folks. That's Terga T E R G A R dot org. mingu Rimponche's website. Uh, you'll find his events there, programs, communities, many resources. Uh, i 'm actually also seeing your book that i 'm actually going to get myself in love with the world amongst journey through the bardos of living and dying. It looks really, really profound and inspiring folks uh it's been an amazing conversation. I would love for you all to share this, download this, this amazing interview and share it with your friends, post on social media. Make sure you su- subscribe to Soul Talk and uh, spread the word. Send me an email, Blackson at cootblackson.com. Let me know your key insights, inspirations and takeaways from this uh, enlightening conversation with Mingyur and Ponche. Mingyur Ponche, thank you so much. I can't wait to uh, you be in person. Bless you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I'm very happy.
0: Sounds great. Awesome. Bye. Love, Love now, everyone. Big hugs. We'll catch you in the next episode of Soul Talk. If you've enjoyed this episode of Soul Talk, please do share the podcast with all of your friends. Let everyone know and make sure you download Soul Talk today. I'm looking forward to next week where I'll get to share more inspiration with you. Meanwhile, follow me on Facebook,